today's message for us. Uh, John, you've been a member of our church family for, for many years, isn't that right, John? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speak to us this morning, not on the subject of Open Doors, no, we're no. continuing it in our sermon series. It's our penultimate week on our sermon series, and you're going to speak to us on the, the theme of home. But without right. any further ado, I'm going to hand over to you. Can I pray for you quickly, yeah, John? Sure. Let's pray for, for John and ourselves. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you uh, that you uh, are going to be speaking to us this morning. We pray that we would open our hearts to hear your voice and that you would take the words of John and just um, just breathe your spirit through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank amen. You. Well, it's really lovely to be here this morning. Um, it is a bit chilly, so if you want to put your coat on, if you haven't got your coat on, you probably need to put it on. Because uh, <coughs> the temperature tends to drop, even though we've got lots of people in here, haven't we? I just want to, just before we start talking about today's subject, I just want to just divert slightly onto open doors. Um, with all this talk about refugees and persecution, uh, we went to a meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago for the, uh, talking about the APPG for Forbes, I don't know whether that makes any, when I heard about it, I thought, what on earth? Somebody rang me up and said, You've got, you want to go to this meeting and it's all about four. But I went, four, what's four? He was on the telephone to me and I was looking on my, my, my thing going, four, what's four? And it is freedom of religion and belief. And the APPG is the government cross-party grouping that supports Forb. And there are 140 members and it is the second biggest group in Parliament in terms of a special area. So very important. And for whatever you may think about the government uh, and how they do things, this is one area where they have really pushed it forward. And uh, so they actually, what they, we went to this meeting and the person who is the Prime Minister's special representative, Fiona Bruce, that's not the one on the television, the, the MP, um, they're desperate for prayer. They're really trying to push this forward at a government level, at a nation level, to change this area. And so I would recommend to you uh, their website, APPG on Forb. Pray for them. Pray for Fiona Bruce. Pray for David Burroughs, who's the assistant, uh, and uh, all the others involved, because that's how things change. They change through government, but they change through prayer. So just, sorry about that, David, just like... <laughs> it's like <that>. diversion. <laughs> right, so we're carrying on with this subject of uh, what was the early church and Jesus like and how we can apply to that. So let me just read uh, the two passages for today. Firstly, from Acts chapter 2. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. And fear came upon every soul, and many signs and wonders were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. And they ate their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, slightly different translation, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily that those should be saved. So basically, they met together in homes. That's what we're talking about today. And the passage that we're looking at is Luke chapter 10, 28. I'm afraid I don't know what page it is. 
As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Let's just pray. Lord, we, we want to thank you. Thank you that we have homes. Thank you that we have so much. And Lord, as we look at this passage, we just pray that you'll hear us, hear you speaking to us. Just come by your Spirit, Lord. We invite you now. Amen. Well, there are two things that we can we can look at today. We can look at the passage in um, Luke chapter ten, or we can look at how it applies. So let's start off by looking at the passage in Luke chapter 10. Very well-known story, Mary and Martha, but actually they're only mentioned three times in the Gospels. There's a story of this one in Luke, and then we get them mentioned twice in John. In John 10 and 11 and 12, with the raising of Lazarus, and then Mary anointing Jesus before the Passover. This is the passage in Luke. It's interesting to see where Luke puts this, because Luke does have an order with his gospel. He says at the beginning he's putting a, uh, an ordered version of, of the events that happened. So he puts it between two things. Beforehand, he's talking about activity, sending out of the 72, and the story of the Good Samaritan. People doing stuff. Afterwards, immediately afterwards, He's talking about prayer and the spirit and spiritual warfare. So we've got two contrasts, if you like. One is very rather active and the other is not so active. And in the middle, we have, if you like, an argument as to which is right. Mary and Martha. So we have the meal. We don't know much about Mary and Martha. From what we can see from the passage, they probably weren't very rich. There don't seem to be any servants mentioned. So you can imagine what happened. Did they know Jesus was coming to supper that day? Did someone come running up and say, Here, Martha, Jesus is coming. And Martha goes, Oh, no, Jesus. How many has he got with him? Oh, 12, 72? I don't know. I wonder how she felt. I know how Liz reacts when we suddenly react. Actually, she should be giving the talk because she's the one that deals with home and hospitality, not me, but still. Um, but you do react, don't you? You don't know what you think people are. Gosh, is everything ready? Is everything... And it's Jesus. I mean, it's not just anybody. It's Jesus coming to a meal. And then, oh gosh, he's got nowhere to lay his head. Perhaps he wants to stay the night as well. And the twelve. That's going to make it a bit crowded in our house for Mary, Martha and Lazarus. So you can see all these things that were going round. So the story doesn't really tell us much about that except that Jesus is invited in by Martha for a meal. 
she opens her house to him. So Missy, Martha gets busy doing stuff, getting ready, doing many things. And as often happens in this situation, she gets overwhelmed. Mary, just sitting there listening to Jesus, which is interesting in itself because it's not something that in those cultures a woman would have done. She's acting like a disciple to Jesus. She sits and listens to Jesus. Mary, Martha loses it. We have to admit she loses it. She, she comes to Jesus, she says, don't you care, Lord? I mean, what, that's a bit of a mixture, isn't it? Because one minute she's going, Lord and Master, and then, don't you care? She was obviously very worked up about it. And then, when we get like this, have you noticed how we always focus on ourselves? She has, she has left me, me, if you count the me's, it goes, me, myself, me, myself, me, in the sentence. A third of what she says is about me. Look, it's all about me. I've got all this work to do. And she's just sitting there. So it was really quite rude when she spoke to Jesus, even though she'd opened her house to him. Jesus' response, she doesn't, he doesn't side. He just says this, and it's a bit of a strange thing to do because when you think about it, if she hadn't been preparing the meal, he wouldn't have got one. Mary has chosen the one thing that is needed, only one. You are distracted by many things. She has chosen, in the, in the original, the good portion. Moses, Mary doesn't say anything. Jesus answers, and she remains sitting there, as far as we know. We're reminded of passages in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Or Psalm 27, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, and to seek him in his temple. So we have the contrast. We have the doing and the sitting at Jesus' feet. Is one better than the other? doesn't say so. The danger is distraction. Not that we shouldn't be caring for people, not that we shouldn't be doing hospitality. If Martha hadn't done it, if she hadn't opened her house, then Jesus wouldn't have had anywhere to, have to stay, to have food. I think we need both. That's the whole point of the linking the two together that Luke does, the activity and the intimacy. We need both together. And I think it's, we can have a temptation. We can move from one or to the other. We can hide, if you like, by not even talking or inviting anybody in and being very spiritual and say, oh, I only just pray about these things. Or we can get so caught up in activity that we forget to pray, that we forget to sit at Jesus' feet. So I think Luke is bringing them both together in this passage. I had the privilege of, of listening to uh, a fellow believer from the Far East this last week. And they were talking about how they get over an impossible situation, which is uh, smuggling aid into this country. 
And he said, God's working miracles. I can't tell you any of the miracles. And he couldn't tell us the miracles because they're too sensitive. But he said, this is what we do. We listen and we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And then we immediately simply obey and he opens the door. We listen, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and we immediately simply obey and the door opens. And that really sums it up. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about smuggling aid over a border that's closed, whether we're deciding who to invite to supper. We listen, sensitive to the Holy Spirit, who do you want to ask? And then we obey without delaying. So we've got the example of Martha. If she hadn't opened her home, we wouldn't have probably had the story of Lazarus. Or would we have Mary anointing Jesus' feet? Both sides. Activity and intimacy. And then Acts 2. They broke their bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. There's no doubt that opening our homes is an early believer thing. I mean, it's something that they did. Jesus didn't open his home. We can't look for him, for example, because he didn't have one. He had nowhere to lay his head. But he definitely used homes and meals and had a tendency to sort of drop on people, didn't he? So the early believers did eat together and they did break bread together. And it says in Hebrews that opening our homes can have unexpected results. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Culturally, we're not that into it. I mean, in the Middle East and in other parts of the world, in Africa, hospitality is a big thing. It's not so big in this country which is very sad. It's lovely to go to another country and feel the warmth of their hospitality. And I think especially in this time when things are very weird and there's so much fear around, it's very easy to totally shut off from people. Everything, shuts, everything seems to be designed to break relationships. So I think we need to work hard on this, of opening up our homes. David's been talking about inviting people to church. But when I was looking at this, this is almost, I'm not, not going to be very careful on this one, I can't find any command in the Bible to say you invite people to church. David can correct me on that. But there are lots of commands about inviting people to your home. Now, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you shouldn't invite everybody to the Christmas service. They didn't have churches, they didn't have services in those days to invite people through. Obviously, that's true. But I think it's also true that someone is much more likely to come with you to something here if they've been to supper at your house first. It takes so much of the stress and strain out of it. Well, I think some of the best times can be around the table. I think in both ways, both, there's no doubt that the early church met together as fellowship, as friends, but also I think they met together inviting other people in because they knew the teaching of Jesus. 
And there's this passage about sheep and goats. Come, who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And the righteous will say, Lord, when did we see you do hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Opening your home is a sheep thing, not a goat thing. And it's interesting, it's linked to those in prison. So it's obviously opening your homes to those in need. Hospitality is a gift. Some people have, are more hospitable than others. But like all gifts, some of us have more of it, but all of us are called to do it. There's no question we are all called to do it. So opening our homes is a command, if you like. Not one we think of, but it's true. It's just, if you like, the outworking of loving your neighbour, of the Good Samaritan. And I think it's great fun. I think it's good. It's great to eat over food, isn't it? Meet together, to share together. To it relaxes everybody. I think some of the best groups I've been to have had food at the center, have really built relationships. Because you don't have to get all intense and all religious. If the food's good, you can just chatter. And then Jesus turns up. I don't know whether you've experienced that, but that's my experience. You just chatter about everything, and then you suddenly realize Jesus is at the table too, and then you can pray, and you can share on the spiritual stuff. And they says here that they praised the Lord while they were doing it. They were happy. They enjoyed it. They can have fun. We can relax as we do it. I mean, in many places... That is church. In Iran, the church is growing very fast. Some of them think about a million people in Iran now are Christians. But the average size of the church in Iran is 8 to 12 people. Just the number of people you can get around the table. Just the number of people that can enjoy a meal together. Because it's not safe to have a bigger group of people, so that's the group of people that they have but they also have the strength of that relationship of being a small group. So I think it's great to encourage one another and maybe even battle against what's going on today in inviting people in. And if you're unhappy about inviting people into your home, hospitality is still open. You can still go out to a restaurant or a cafe, have a cup of coffee with someone. It's all the same. And then it says at the end of this passage, doesn't it? And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And I used a, a different translation to it because I like the bit where it said it. It says this, it said, They shared food with simplicity of heart, praising God and having favour with the people. And I like that. It's not complicated to give people a heart. You don't have to have a theological degree to bring, invite someone to a meal. You just need to have an open house. 
It's as simple as that. There are people all around us of various needs. And I think it's a challenge to all of us to open our eyes, to listen to the Spirit, and to be willing to relate to them and to invite them in, whether they're easy or not. So it's simplicity of heart, simplicity, I guess, of action. Opening our homes is a believer's thing. Opening our homes can have unexpected results. It's a sheep thing. It's a command. I think it's the way to grow the church, especially these days, when so many people are, are switched off by mainstream church. It's the step that you need. And opening our homes is a fun thing. It should be a fun thing. Don't get overwhelmed like Martha. But remember, going back to what we learned, listen, be sensitive to the Spirit, then simply obey immediately and the door will open. So that's the challenge to all of us today, whether we're talking about homes or whether we're talking about anything else. Listen, be sensitive to the Spirit, and then immediately obey and God will open the door. Let's pray, shall we, as we finish. Lord, we want to thank you that <coughs> uh, we thank you for your word, first off. Thank you for your truth. Thank you that you've given us so much. But above all, thank you that you do talk to us. And Lord, we ask for the willingness and the ability to listen and to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. I pray that even now, Lord, you'd speak to us. Show us where we can use our homes to bless people over this Christmas period. Help us to be wise, but help us to be open and willing to take risks as well. So we just invite you to come now, Lord, and speak to our hearts. sensitive our spirits, Lord, so that we can hear your voice. Open our hearts to hear. So we pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand and worship.